0: Chapter 6 of Our Little Brazilian Cousin This is a LibriVox recording All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org Our Little Brazilian Cousin by Mary Nixon Roulet Chapter 6 In Route to Rio Pará is one of the most beautiful of Brazilian cities with large cool houses and squares and gardens gay with wonderful orchids purple crimson gold and white the weeks spent at Grandma's were full of delight to Afonso and lola and they enjoyed all the pleasant happenings of life in the city one day in october they sat in the garden playing with the pet monkey a saucy little creature with a thousand cunning tricks and ways almost human in his intelligence i wonder how soon we shall go home said Afonso. I begin to worry of doing nothing. I do not know, said Lola, but I heard Mama say something strange about it today. She and my father were talking while I was playing with a cockatoo and Mama said it will be a long trip and I should dislike to leave them behind. It would do you little good to go with them, said my father, and Mama replied that the worry of leaving them would take away all the pleasure of the trip if they were not to accompany her then she saw me looking, and bade my father be silent. What trip could they mean? I am sure I do not know, and you should never remember a conversation not meant for you, said Afonso virtuously. Then his curiosity got the better of his virtue. I wonder where they can be intending to go. But if I should not remember what I hear, then you should not either, said Lola pertly, for she did not like to have Afonso correct her we are two quite different people said Afonso. i am much older than you when one is old one should behave better than one who is young lola retorted both are quite old enough not to quarrel said their mother's voice sternly as she came up unnoticed what are you quarrelling about both children were silent and ashamed if you dare not tell the cause then cease the quarrel said the signora and remember that well-bred children do not dispute. Now sit down while I tell you what is going to happen. Your father has intended for some time to make a business trip to Rio de Janeiro, going by boat from Pará. He wishes me to go with him, for I have not been well of late, and he thought best to leave you two with your grandmother. I wish you to accompany me, and some news has just come which has caused him to give his consent. Your uncle Juan— who went to study medicine in philadelphia married there a beautiful north american lady and has a little daughter the age of Afonso. she is named maria and she had the great misfortune to lose her mother a few months ago she grieves terribly and her father is bringing her to brazil in the hope that among his people she will grow well and strong again they will reach rio de janeiro in a short time and we want to be there to see them Would you like to go with us on this trip? Indeed, yes, Mamma cried both in one breath. When do we start? Tomorrow, she replied. I did not tell you before, because I feared you would too much excite yourselves. Then, too, I thought something might happen to prevent our going, and you would be disappointed. Hurrah, cried Alfonso. We shall see Uncle Hilario. And I shall see my cousin Martim," cried Lola yes we shall visit my dear brother and you shall have a very happy time with two cousins to play with now you must be good children and give me a chance to pack up your clothes no questions she held up her finger playfully those you may save to ask me on shipboard here is a map which shows just where we are going and you may trace out the course and Afonso can tell you about the places from his geography lola and she left the two children poring over the geography, their tongues fairly clacking in their excitement. The Akamiaba is a large steamer plying from Manaus to Rio, and by noon the next day the little party of four were safely embarked, and the steamer made its way out of the beautiful harbor. The long voyage was begun, but to Alfonso and Lola it was not tedious, for the only children on board, they soon became pets withal and were in a fair way to being spoiled with attention the second day out the steamer made its first stop at pernambuco on the easternmost point of brazil and the children watched the entrance into the harbour with great interest pernambuco is called the venice of america said their father you know venice is an italian city built on islands with waterways instead of streets and here there are so many canals and arms of water reaching in from the sea that Pernambuco is called the Venice of America. What a lot of steamers there are, exclaimed Afonso as they approached the reef which protects the harbor. This reef runs along the Brazilian coast for hundreds of miles, forming a natural breakwater, sometimes 12 feet above high tide. N-I-L-E, spelled Afonso as they passed a huge steamer anchored outside the harbor. What kind of a boat is that? english said his father the english run a line of steamers from southampton to lisbon and thence to rio de janeiro these boats carry a thousand passengers and are so large that they cannot go through the cut in the breakwater oh papa what a queer building what is that asked lola as they passed an odd-looking fort on the rocks that is a relic of dutch days in brazil said the senor you know the dutch once laid claim to all this part of the country did they Asked Lola in surprise how did they get here and what became of them it is a long story little one but quite an interesting one said her father you know brazil was discovered by a portuguese pedro alvarez cabral who sailed into the bay of porto seguro at bahia april twenty fifth fifteen hundred and took possession of the land in the name of the portuguese crown naming it vera cruz the spaniards had made discoveries in the north of south america the english and french had come in along the amazon and within the next few years the dutch entered the river and built forts on the xingu then came a long struggle between the dutch and the portuguese as to who should possess the land in sixteen twenty four a dutch admiral took possession of bahia but a handful of portuguese recaptured the place the next year then came a secession of battles first the dutch being victorious then the portuguese at last the dutch sent prince morris of nassau as governor-general of their possessions in brazil but he returned to holland in sixteen forty four and from that time on the portuguese were successful they laid siege to pernambuco then called Recife and blockaded the port with sea forces while the land army assaulted it on the other side the dutch surrendered in sixteen fifty four and brazil became a portuguese colony then i suppose everything was peaceful said Afonso. but his father laughed and said there has not been much peace in brazil since the portuguese first discovered it after the foreigners left the indians remained unconquered and the portuguese sent many expeditions against the natives in the interior many adventurers went on these expeditions and they were called bandeirantes. they treated the indians cruelly and enslaved many although the pope had forbidden making slaves of the indians another fight which took place near here was with negro slaves some of them escaped and fled to the forest of palmeiras in the province of alagoas here they maintained a colony for sixty years and were only subdued in sixteen ninety seven some of their chiefs leaped from a high rock into the sea rather than be captured how did they get slaves in our country asked lola that's a rather big subject for such a little girl said her father the early settlers could not get anyone to work for them so they brought black people from africa as did most of the southern countries one good thing was that here slavery was abolished without a drop of blood being shed while in north america they had a terrible war now we are entering the harbor alfonso see how many ships In one year there were one thousand one hundred and eighty-one ships here they come from all parts of the world laden with all manner of things but they nearly all go away freighted with sugar there are thousands of tons of it exported every year the boat will stop here for some hours so we will go ashore and drive about the city oh thank you papa cried the children and their mother added it will be a pleasant change from the ship so the four went ashore and drove about the cheerful city with its gaily painted houses passing one public building glazed in yellow and green tiles another in imitation pink marble trimmed in sky blue crossing a long bridge they saw magnificent gardens with brilliant flowering plants and a fine fruit market where they purchased the luscious pernambuco the finest flavored pineapple in the world it is a very fine city said Afonso as they returned to the steamer But not as handsome as Pará, said Lola. That's the prettiest city in all Brazil. And her father laughed. When they steamed into Bahia two days later, just at twilight, she still insisted that Pará was the most beautiful place in the world. But Afonso was delighted with Bahia. Captain Diego Alvarez was one of the early explorers here, said the senor, as they sat upon the deck in the moonlight watching the crescent of lights which rise from the harbor toward heaven for the main portion of bahia is built upon a high bluff overlooking the river he was captured by the indians and was about to be killed when the chief's daughter threw herself in front of him and saved his life alvarez fell in love with her and married her taking her with him to france where she was honored and cared for all her life some of the best families in bahia boast that she is their ancestor what are sent out from here asked Afonso. thousands and thousands of cocoanuts for one thing said the senor it is a fortune for a family to have a cocoa plantation for the trees produce from fifty to eighty years and need little attention after the first year or two they are very easy to raise after planting the weeds are kept away from the trees and during the first year banana plants are grown between the rows to shade the young trees the fourth year the first crop is gathered and the trees produce two hundred clusters of fruit with thirty or forty nuts each people net about sixty thousand dollars a year from a plantation of fifty thousand trees it must pay to raise coconuts at that rate said alfonso does mangioca pay as well not quite but it is about as easy to raise everyone has to have mangioca. the rich use it for puddings and desserts in the form of tapioca while the poor people use the farina di mangiocca as their chief food it also makes good starch for the roots ground up in water deposit their starch as a fine white powder a farm of twelve acres belonging to a friend of mine and planted with forty thousand plants produces eighty thousand pounds of tapioca which at the lowest price brings two thousand four hundred and sixty-five dollars the children are growing up to be regular little encyclopedias said the senora they must go to bed now or i am afraid their brains will burst with so much knowledge not much danger of that laughed the senor most of it goes in at one ear and comes out the other but Lola and Alfonso exclaimed indignantly, Oh, no, Papa, indeed it does not. End of chapter six. En route to Rio.